0: Hello, dear ones. It's Shiloh Sophia here, and it is August 15th. Today is the day that we open the Color of Woman Intentional Creativity Teacher Training. So, I've just spent the past few hours working on the communication for that. It is also the Assumption or Dormition of the Blessed Mother. In the tradition of my ancestors, this is the day that honors uh, Mother Mary completing her physical life and going into her forever soul life. And so it's a very sacred and important day. There's lots of paintings and songs devoted to this. There's also a lot of other things happening today that are filled with grief as we continue to look at the death count in the most recent fires on Maui. The count currently at 99 people, but still hundreds and hundreds unaccounted for. And so I'm getting messages from people I love and people in the community asking questions about the best way to navigate um, what feels like just impossible, impossible grief as we imagine the kind of death and the experience of the people who are who have moved to the next dimension in our community the gentle way we say is walking into the future but this is a very different kind of death when it is so Hmm. painful and so scary so i wanted to just pause and for those who choose to listen offer a couple of tools regarding intentional creativity you might hear sounds in the background there's a pool next door and there's kids yelling it seems appropriate And so I kind of think of myself as a grief warrior at this point because of the amount of grief that I have experienced in the loss of personal relationships over the past couple of years, but also because addressing grief and suffering has been part of my path for 30 years. In fact, everything sort of started with this experience where I felt like I heard the cries of the world. And the feeling felt impossible, like impossible suffering. And I asked, how can anyone hear this? How can anyone be awake and live? I felt like I would just be annihilated through, you know, what we think of as bystander trauma. But it didn't feel like that in the moment. It felt like I was in the middle of the cries. Simultaneously, at the same time, there's the laughters and the births. But the cries are so intense. I didn't know about the Buddhist concept of the feminine of she who hears the cries of the world at the time. But now when I tune into the great suffering that's happening, I often think of she who hears the cries of the world. And one of the ways that I've navigated grief that is not personal but is more of the collective is through chanting, um, chanting through the names and places of the individual people and just letting myself cry and feel and move. And often I record it and sometimes I share it. I remember when the girls were kidnapped from their school in South Africa. I think it was South Africa, um, um, Chibok. And I chanted their names, and it was one of the most powerful things that I've ever done. I also have chanted the names of all of Yeshua, Jesus' great-grandmothers. And I recently chanted the names of all of the schools where there's been school shootings. And then I've also chanted the names of the black people who have, whose lives have been wrongfully taken And this chanting, even though I'm not a singer, helps me uh, titrate or metabolize and participate in the grief instead of turning away from it or it debilitating me. And so I'm here today with a message about the power of intentional creativity to be a way to work with grief and um, chanting, moving, breathing, drawing painting we have a process in our community called praying and dots where we actually put dots for the people whose lives have been lost often including if there's any perpetrators them and their parents too so it's um what is it about it's about metabolizing it's about making it possible for us to be with grief without turning away therefore helping and healing ourselves so that we can be helping healing presence for others because if we are too um, undone by it, then we're not able to be a help to others. But that also takes time because sometimes it's days or weeks before me or someone else feels ready to be a presence for others. But if we use intentional creativity while it's happening, it can be extremely helpful. I remember a moment after the Twenty Twenty One fires in Napa. When I returned to my home after I think two or three weeks, I felt so at the bottom. Um, My friends would call it dorsal vagal. I felt, am I even alive? Like I'm, am I even in here? I've never had that experience before. And I thought, well, let me really put this intentional creativity stuff to the test. And I drew for an hour. And as I drew, I came back in. That's one example. When my mother was Karen was walking into her future the feeling felt almost impossible to bear and this terrorizing thought I'm losing my mother I'm losing my mother was just running through my head and I changed it to I'm finding my mother and then I documented her home and did creativity and invited the community to be involved and I wrote and I interviewed her and so I used intentional creativity as a way to metabolize the pain and it's I would love to say that it makes the pain less i don't think it makes the pain less i think it changes how the pain moves in the body and in the field and now i want to talk about pain and the body for a moment you know around our human body we have a field and that field is filled with the electromagnetic energy of the heart and our identity it's like a soul space And that field is mighty and is very um, energetically real if you could actually see it. And I have learned from different energy healer and visionary friends, one of which is Desda Zuckerman, who wrote Your Sacred Anatomy, talked about how often we process pain of others through our physical body and how we can actually process it at the edge of our field instead The idea that the edge of the field is just as much us as the physical body, but that it is able to receive um, things like grief and pain and the suffering of others in a different calibration because the matrices is formed differently. The fabric is different. We don't want to process pain through our organs. And our blood and our bones in the in the olden days of the old shamanca's um, a lot of the work of the shaman was processed through the physical body bringing the pain from the other through them and alchemizing it I don't know very many shamans and healers who do that today because it's um, We are not able to sustain it in the same way. Plus that was with a village and now we're processing the grief of hundreds of thousands of people like we did through COVID. And so, um, you know, one of my hopes for our community is to be able to turn toward suffering and away from suffering instead of away from suffering, turn toward suffering instead of away from suffering. But in order to do that, we have to be well enough ourselves, and each person has a different capacity to process individual personal grief, interpersonal community grief, transpersonal grief, that's beyond us. We're all at different places based on our metabolism, our resilience, our tools, our level of trauma. So there's no one size fits all, but I would encourage you to draw, to paint, to meditate, to chant, to turn towards it as you can, gently in your own sense of space, in your own sense of time, and also to call it ceremony when you read the news when you talk with a friend when you process pain what if you put ceremony in front of that container so you begin with an opening with prayer you go into the heart of whatever it is and then you complete in a good way you don't just move in and out of Now we're going to soccer practice. Now we're going to process pain. Now we're going to make dinner. There's like this bracketed um, way of caring for yourself that is called ceremony. And then before and after, there's prayer or chanting or just silence or meditation so that you have a way to metabolize it and only as much as you feel capable of. Because again, you don't want to make yourself sick through feeling the pain of others. I think that automatically we feel the pain of others these days physically. And so it's a conscious choice. So I would recommend saying to yourself, hello, beautiful body and heart. Thank you for all your love. We're going to process this grief in the field instead of in the physical body where it can be more easily worked with and also cleared. We don't want it to get stuck in the physical body. So what if if this grief and this suffering could be ceremonial in nature which is in and of itself creative what if your day has four or five tiny ceremonies where you're allowing yourself to turn towards this suffering but to not take it on and just notice over time if you feel resilient enough to offer support this is one of the times when people who are well enough rush into supporting But sometimes people who aren't well enough also rush into supporting we need those people too but only you know you and what you feel capable of and um, when there's a great need like right now there is great need to offer support physical resources showing up conversations on the ground kinds of activities but it's also there's going to be great need for a long time in recovery and repair for so many of the things we're experiencing so I invite you to think of time as a little bit stretchy and know that when you're ready, you'll know. And you'll know because your body will say I want to go help physically or your finances will say I want to help financially, financially. You start to hear that within yourself. But if it's all shrouded over by impossible grief, then you won't be able to hear the clear messages when it's time. So everything I've said could be summarized into tuning in and a deep listening and than listening for ceremony, listening for (sighs) prayers, for songs, for ideas, and for, for the chanting. And for chanting, you don't need to be a singer. I'm looking at my yard right now, and I'm just saying, hello, bamboo trees, I see you. Oak trees, three oak trees, I see you. I see you, hummingbird. I see you, lilac. Nasturtium, thank you for being here. Image of the Blessed Mother in my yard, thank you, thank you. Stones that form the gravel path, thank you, thank you. Petunias and snapdragons and butterfly going by, thank you. Bumblebee, honeybee seeking nectar, I see you, thank you. So it's just turning your voice into a little bit of an instrument it's not about beauty, but what it does is it helps with the humming and the resonance in your body. That's the other thing you can do is to hum, humming. Mm-hmm. 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 If you allow yourself to hum the feeling, it sends a resonance and a vibration throughout your body and if you feel like you've overly digested grief you can just gently hum and request that that grief and any grief that feels like it's coagulating or solidifying or becoming too matter-like to start moving out into the field and then be released into the mycelial network of the earth earth the heart of Gaia knows how to navigate this kind of energy and the mycelium and the root systems and the waters know how to transmute um, human suffering in in a beautiful way so know that you are held and supported as you become she who hears the cries of the world and learn how to navigate it in a new way I hope what I've said is helpful and not patronizing and I don't know I don't always know how to address sharing the things I do in a good way. I feel like um, I just would rather cry with you and have a cup of tea. But in lieu of that, this message, she who hears the cries of the world. Much love, dear ones.